0: Hello everybody, my name's Darren, I write a blog called A Demon's Voice, it's about movies and shit like that. You can find it at demonsvoice.blogspot.co.uk, I think. And I'm also on Twitter, at a Demon's Voice, of which you should definitely follow me, because why the fuck not. Hi, you all, have you had a good week? Mine's been shit as usual. I did not only kill a woman though, that was quite exciting, and then I nearly died. I was driving to work the other day, and some old lady I just had a moment of madness and snapped in her head. And she just sprinted in, into the road in front of traffic. I guess now that, you know, old people have finally gotten the Brexit they want, they've got nothing left to live for, so they're just hurling themselves into the road, like, you know, that shit scene in The Happening, that I'm I'm Night Shyamalan movie that nobody remembers, so I'm glad I mentioned. Um, so I saw her, like, running in front of me, and I, you know, I slowed a little bit, but I assumed she's old, she's probably a racist. If I hit her, it's not the end of the world. But she was carrying a plastic bag, and she dropped it, and went back for it like Indiana Jones going for his hat. But shit her. And so I had to slam the brakes on, and I missed her by, like, an inch. And as the car was, like, skidding towards her, and I thought I was going to kill her, literally all my brain thought was, oh, dear. I don't know what she was thinking. I imagine, well, I'd like to say that her life flashed before her eyes, but she was very old, and I don't think we had that much time. So then, like, the car stopped just before it got her, and she was like, sorry, and then she just sort of tottled off, because tottled off is a word that I've just invented. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And so I, uh, I, I then drove off, and, uh, up next was a little roundabout and so i you know hit my brakes to slow down for the roundabout and the brakes did not work and i just flew straight across the roundabout uh, and you know had to sort of quickly try and figure out how to stop the car without any brakes uh, or or just you know slowly driving get into people until they stop me which is an option it's always an option anyway so i got towed to a garage and the guy that was towing me said, oh, it's, uh... Basically, my brake pipes had exploded. And the guy that was towing me said, oh, has your brake pipes not come up on your previous MOTs? And I said, actually, rusty brake pipes have come up on my uh, MOT for the last three years. But every time that happens, the guys at the garage just say, oh, don't worry, I'll be fine for another, you know, 12 months. And apparently what they mean by it'll be fine is they might, the brakes might just not work at any point and you'll end up having to stop the car by slamming your feet through the floor and stopping it like your fucking Fred Flintstone. Um... So it's been very exciting. I actually wonder how many of those terrorist attacks, you know, where they just drive their car into people, are actual terrorist attacks, or they're just slightly more tanned people than me using my garage. Anyway, so uh, so we went to the cinema this week and I saw The Invisible Man. That was exciting. Uh, not quite as exciting as the murder-death thing that I'd nearly experienced earlier on. But, you know, whatever. That's what we're talking about now. So sit back and enjoy. Cheers! <music> Set in the 1880s, Fanny by Gaslight might be a classic film about a manipulative partner, but it's also terrible advice on where to put your genitals when you're feeling a little chilly. Especially in the 1880s. If porn has taught me anything about history, and I suspect it has, it's that the further back in time you go, the more pubic hair a person seems to have. Sticking your Fanny by the Gaslight back in the 1800s might have caused the hair to go up in flames as though it was made of fucking kindling. People think that women shave their pubes now because of the media's creepy fetishization of extreme youth, but the reality is that it's just basic health and safety, really. In an alternate reality, the word gaslighting might refer to when a woman's inflamed pubic region accidentally sets the whole neighbourhood on fire after a badly timed fanny fart. But in our world, it's the term we use to describe the act of causing somebody to doubt their own sanity. Presuming they're not insane to begin with, of course. It's not gaslighting to tell the plainfield ghoul Ed Gain that he's a fucking lunatic for making lampshades out of human face skin. Although, you do have to admire his skills as an arts and crafter there. But gaslighting is when a guy does mad shit like secretly hiding his girlfriend's dildo in the freezer to make her think that she's going nuts. I imagine it's probably even more confusing for her if she doesn't already own a dildo in the first place. I wonder how many guys have had to start gaslighting their girlfriend through embarrassment after she just happened to find his dildo. This new adaptation of The Invisible Man takes this very idea and really runs with it. The idea of gaslighting, I mean, not the guy owning a secret dildo thing. I mean, he might own a secret dildo. It's uh, it's not really dealt with in the film if he does. But it tells the story of a woman, Cecilia, who suddenly discovers that her super-rich but abusive ex-boyfriend is able to turn himself invisible. This is a very relatable concept for me, as I often find the girls that I like are suddenly able to make themselves disappear into thin fucking air too. Because they ghost me, I mean, not because I fucking kill them. I shouldn't have said fucking that, should I? That sounded really aggressive, like I do kill them. I don't. And if I did, I would have deleted this bit, wouldn't I? So there you go. In the case of Cecilia, her tormentor is able to hide himself by wearing a suit made of reflective cameras that he's invented, and why not? It's pretty much the same concept that Bond had with his invisible car in Dying of the Day, but slightly more believable now that we live in the future. Our species invented the fleshlight, didn't it? If an idiot can come up with the idea of a tinned vagina, then just imagine what our brightest and best could invent to help with their perving. And don't say you wouldn't become an instant pervert if you could become invisible either, by the way. Perving, thieving and tormenting people you hate are the only reasons that anybody would ever want to become invisible. Just look at the internet. The anonymity of that is the closest we can currently get to invisibility, and all the people do there is watch porn, download shit they haven't paid for, and then troll people they disagree with. It's the latter of which the Cecilia's ex-boyfriend decides to do to her, having gotten pissed off about the fact that she's tried to leave him. I guess people use the internet to send unwanted dick pictures too, but I suppose the only way to apply that to an Invisible Man movie as a metaphor would be if his suit was crotchless, and his dick was just flying about on its own as he casually struts about the room. I guess we'd call that a dicky bird. Of course, it's the tormenting aspect that this film focuses on, with this latest adaptation of H.G. Wells' The Invisible Man sadly featuring as few dicky birds as all previous versions. This invisible ex-boyfriend of Cecilia has also faked his own death, by the way. Did I mention that? Since turning 30, accessing my own memory has become like performing a fucking seance for me. If I try to remember who I saw yesterday, I end up staring off into the distance and muttering that I'm getting the letter S. Was I with a Steve yesterday? A Simon? A Stuart, maybe? Ah, that's right, I remember. I was alone as usual. Gaslighting me would honestly be a piece of piss these days, except that I probably wouldn't notice anything is fucking happening. Everybody thinks Cecilia's boyfriend is dead, and so when he does start fucking with her and she starts screaming about how he's still plaguing her, she really does seem like a crazy person. In honesty, the whole idea of making this a feminist thriller for our new Me Too era is a slice of fucking genius, and its execution is near on perfect. As a thriller, this has moments that were so tense that the suction from my asshole had me stuck to the cinema chair like a fucking limpet on a rock. At first, the suspense to build as the boyfriend starts to subtly screw with Cecilia by doing small things such as turning the gas up when she's left food to cook on the hob. It's just enough to make you start doubting yourself, but not quite enough that you instantly jump to screaming about an invisible dead boyfriend, isn't it? Also, who hasn't put food on only to come back a few minutes later to find the place on fucking fire? Especially if you were cooking your food by a massive pile of flammable pubes. By the time of the third act, though, things have really escalated to the point that this invisible ex-boyfriend is smacking Cecilia about like he's the ghost of stellar Artois. Of course, there are a few silly moments in which you'd expect his actions to have been caught on a security camera, or you question why Cecilia didn't pick up the gun that was right next to her sooner. But, for the most part, the film feels pretty plot-hole-free. In fact, the presence of an invisible man might actually solve the plot holes in almost every other film, too, when you think about it. Maybe all films have an Invisible Man in them, but this is the only one to deal with that directly. If Toy Story's Buzz Lightyear believes he's an actual space ranger, then why does he freeze whenever a human walks into the room? Maybe the Invisible Man is holding him still. If Superman is indestructible, then how can he still shave? Maybe the Invisible Man is constantly jabbing him in the fucking spine with a tiny piece of kryptonite to weaken him. When Marty McFly returns back to the present day, why doesn't his mum recognise him as that boy that she tried to bang when she was in high school? I don't know. Maybe she does and she just slept with so many men that she can't keep track of who might have impregnated her. I guess we can't really blame the behaviour of every erratic woman on the Invisible Man, no matter how horrible he is to Cecilia. Although, it is worth mentioning that her efforts to trap him seem pretty logical here, when you consider that she can never really be sure if he's watching or not. It's just a shame for her that she's not a guy, really. If i discovered I'd been watched by an Invisible Man, then knowing how I spend my time alone, all I'd need is a UV torch and that fucker would light up like a jizzy fucking Christmas tree. In fact, if I was on my own and he was watching me without me realising, then the only way he wouldn't end up like a salty glowing angel would be if he had the dexterity of one of those bank robbers that's able to sort of dodge under laser beams like Catherine Zeta-Jones in Entrapment. Except, in this case, the laser beam would be my knot. Oh dear. Thank God. Horrendous. Sorry everyone. It's worth mentioning, too, that originally this film was to be part of Universal's ill-fated dark universe, which would have featured Johnny Depp in the title role. Not that anybody would believe Johnny Depp in a story about domestic abuse and gaslighting, of course. That's just a casual little reference to the domestic abuse and gaslighting stories that Johnny Depp's been involved in recently. And by recently, I mean the last few years. But after Tom Cruise's The Mummy dropped like a heavy turd into a shallow puddle of piss, the whole plan was thrown into chaos. I suspect also the stories involving Johnny Depp gaslighting and domestic abuse probably didn't help. The dark universe went so dark that it no longer existed, and Depp's invisible man disappeared without a trace. None of which I'm particularly sad about when the result was to lower the initial budget and make an actual horror movie with genuine scares and some hefty subtext. This new version of the film also includes the producing power of Jason Blum and his production company Blumhouse, who you might remember as being behind the actual modern classic and equally layered Get Out. I don't know about you, but between Get Out and The Invisible Man, I'm starting to think that white men might not always have been the nicest of people. See, almost every horrendous thing to have happened in history for further proof. This film has also been brilliantly written and directed by Saw co-writer and star Lee L, with it being the follow-up to his equally impressive directorial debut, Upgrade. In case you missed Upgrade, then it was a bit like Venom, but without being total fucking shit. Both Upgrade and The Invisible Man tell a story of technology and control, and I genuinely can't wait to see what he does next. If anything, I'll just chain his foot to a metal pipe and give him a laptop to start writing his next script on and a rusty fucking sofa when he's finished it. Also, for the record, I'd like to inform everybody that, like, in this movie, I too have a genius, super-rich girlfriend that's obsessed with me, but I also won't be able to prove it to you anytime soon, because she too is sadly invisible. Unless you're a really fit girl listening, Uh, anybody from 6 out of 10 and above... Uh, in which case I'm single, and message me. Cheers, thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time.